This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Vols. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. My name is Lyle Fulton, and as ever, I am joined by the wonderful, the inimitable Jackie Vors. Jackie, how are you this fine Friday afternoon? It's a lovely sunny Friday where I am. How about yourself? It's all right, isn't it? It's nice weather today. Bit yeah. chilly, but it has um, been a all chilly good. Week, yeah, all good, all good. And actually, listeners, I've just said I'm joined as ever by the wonderful Jackie Vors. I'm actually now able to say that I'm joined somewhat as ever by the wonderful Kelly Vero, because Kelly is back on the podcast. Welcome back, yeah. Kelly. How are you this fine Friday afternoon, Kelly? Well, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to be part of the furniture because this is my second time. The brightest part of our furniture. <laughs> our first returner, our first returner on the podcast. Kelly's been Thanks with for us having me right from the beginning. And it was appropriately, brilliantly kind of last minute thing because we, we've wanted to have you back on for so, so long, ever since we had you last on the podcast in the first sort of month or so that we started recording the episodes of this podcast. And then Jackie gave me a call yesterday and was like, I wonder if Kelly's around because Kelly's been away. I'm going to talk a bit about where you've been this week, Kelly, and what you've been up to. And I emailed you kind of thinking, Kelly's super busy. There's no way. And you came back <laughs> straight away and were like, I actually have an you hour got a schedule. <laughs> She's just been to France. She just got back from the Sorbonne. <laughs> Listen, the rest is PR is like the best podcast. So why wouldn't anybody want to be on it? Exactly. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> I mean, this is a no-brainer for me. This is awesome. Aww, thank you, Kel. And um, avid listeners and indeed watchers of the podcast, because we're obviously now on YouTube as well, will notice that Kelly has once again done us proud with the glorious NFT background that she's sporting uh, behind yeah. her. Um, because, you know, brand is everything. <laughs> image is everything. Kelly... It is such a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. I suppose we'll kick things off like we normally do. How have you been? What have you been up to? You've been away this week, as Jackie points out. Just tell us a little bit about what you've been doing over the last week and obviously how your new year's been so far, how the last few weeks have been for you. Yeah, I mean, it's been hectic. I think we can all agree since we all came back after the holiday period, it's just been crazy. Lots of things have changed since last year. And so I think because those things have changed, we have to approach like a lot of new tech innovations and developments that came at the latter part of 2022. We have to look at them with different eyes and try and approach them with different ideals and probably different approaches. And so I've just been in like half strategy mode and half action mode, just trying to get things uh, going. And it's been nuts absolutely nuts but I'm really glad that I was able to find time and come back onto the rest is PR because well it's just cool isn't it it's just great <laughs> to be here it's like putting on a comfy pair of slippers folks oh. Oh. well this is good what a great advert as well for coming back on like we've had guests as well who I mean I think you're gonna be we want this to be a regular thing now to have you back on we want sort of like you know we talked to Eric recently about um, Eric Cress who's on Deconstructor of Fun uh, podcast he's got Cress's corner I don't know about you Jackie I fancy Kelly's corner uh, as like a, as like a <laughs> you know Kelly's like got a... her own corner she's got the Metacrunch meats haven't you Kelly yeah you... I've got Metacrunch meats that I do the fireside with but I just want to say one thing about Metacrunch you know it wasn't around when we were talking the last time and it's really just kind of kicked off massively I have to say it's been phenomenal absolutely yeah. phenomenal so I can't kind of I'm just in awe of what it is that we've all created as a team at Metacrunch I just love it so much so I'm having an amazing time 
yeah it's it's great it's one of the best reads well it's the best read when it comes to anything metaverse and web3 related because it's so entertaining and it's all thought leadership. It's none of the stuff that Eric Cress really despises. None <laughs> I love him. Regurgitated. Your crazy. episode with him as well is absolutely amazing. People, if you just come into this because you're thinking, oh, let's tune in and find out what Kelly Vero's up to and why she's on the rest as PR, please go and watch the Eric Cress episode because absolutely insane. It's so good. It's on he point. Was, he was on fire, wasn't he? He really was, Jackie. He was really on fire. And thank you so much, Kelly, for sort of, you know, sort of plugging that as well. He was he was really on fire. But just just going back to MetaCrunch, actually, it's really interesting that you yeah. point that out because you're so right in what you say. When we had you on the podcast last, which I think was actually, I was I was looking back, sort of September time, which is sort of does a couple of things for me. Obviously, it's, you know, great to have you back sort of so long after we had you on before. But also, I don't know about you, Jackie, it just kind of reminded me how well we've done that it's already been going for like sort of four or five months. I can't quite believe it, which is it's flown by. But when you came on the podcast last time, Kelly, you're so right. It was like about to be a thing. You just kind of founded it and it was like you were just sort of setting up and you're just starting out. Tell us a little bit about you said that it's this brilliant thing that's going from strength to strength. And I read it very very often I think it's absolutely fantastic I mean how have you gone about building that where is it going as we head into this year because I've been writing a few things recently for clients at the Mozo about how it sounds like a cliche doesn't it you know at the turn of the year things change and everyone sort of goes ones to watch and things to look out for but it really does to sort of build on an existing cliche it does feel like things are really moving as we head into 2023 like it's a big big year for tech for Web3, for AI, for the metaverse? Like, how have you gone about building that? And and what exciting things do you anticipate for, for the coming year, both for MetaCrunch and, and in the industry you work in? Well, I think thought leadership comes from two places, right? It comes from a place of experience. So you have to really know what it is that you're looking for and what it is you're talking about. I said this to somebody the other day, actually, when I was at the World Economic Forum. I was like, you have to know your stuff. Because if somebody comes and asks you and you give over the wrong information, you're going to look like an idiot. Now, look at my hair and my glasses. You know, I don't really care about looking like an idiot too much, but I do know my stuff. And so that's one part of thought leadership. And then the other part of thought leadership is being brave enough to see what's coming and report on it. Got to be fast when you're doing this stuff. And with MetaCrunch, I think one of the things that's been really good for us is that we've been able to be really fast in terms of what it is that we put out there so that that content doesn't go stale and dry for too long and that we can like move on to the next thing real quick whilst also remembering and being able to touch upon what kind of happened before. What I don't want to do is blaze a trail of nonsense, which a lot of people in Web3 tend to do because they're selling something. What I want to do with MetaCrunch is know that you can find a really nice paper trail, for want of a better term, maybe a cyber trail of all of the things that I've talked about and be able to measure those things on an impact scale and see where they are kind of later on in the year or whatever. That's how you know that you're being good at something that you're talking about because it's measurable. And it's not like, oh, what happened to that person that was talking about this? Oh, they disappeared. Oh, well, you know, move on to the next one. I just don't want to be like that. I'm not that type of thought leader that's just here for a bit. I want to kind of drive my articles to a place where people think about where we came from and where we're going to. And Mm -hmm. that's been organic, I have to say. We haven't needed to go out and find any kind of user acquisition or any sort of anything really advertisers or whatever our readership is massive 
And it continues to be sort of really strong because I think like with Eric, people want the truth. And, you know, in the old uh, A Few Good Men uh, adage, you can't handle the truth. Well, yeah, that's right. Most egos can't handle the truth. But, you know, that's why I think Metacrunch <laughs> really works because those who can will. <laughs> Love it's that. so true and it's something I was really almost ranting about a little bit to Eric about because he blames PRs but I blame the entire circle the industry really the because at the moment we're going through a massive shift in terms of where the money flows and when the money flows towards media it's usually the money that's influencing the media when there's no money coming into media and there's no money coming into thought leadership and if you've got somebody who's credible expert giving their views which is what you do at metacrunch with no influence by sponsors so that you can say it as you see it with the backup of a huge amount of experience that makes you one of the five journalists that I talked about with any kind of you know real credibility in this market to call things out and the problem we have is that there isn't enough investment from the media into journalism into journalists to help people grow in the profession so that they can amass the kind of experience that that you have and I think you'd say yourself Kelly you do this a lot for love as well. Yeah, I'm really passionate about it. I'm really passionate about it. You know, my writing naturally comes from a place of like, you know, the beat poets and those kind of like thinkers back in the day. People like that, if you've ever read On the Road by Jack Kerouac or you've ever read anything uh, by Burroughs or anybody like that, it comes straight from a place of pure, unadulterated, unfiltered passion. And that's how I feel about technology. I think we're in a bit of a beat generation of technology. But the problem is, is that there aren't any beat generation writers and poets and artists. Everyone's just taking like the king shilling and just sort of saying, yeah, I'll say whatever it is that you want me to say to make something kind of better. Well, you know what? I change my mind a lot. Not just because I'm a woman, but also because I think a lot of your stuff sometimes can be dry and bullshitty. So therefore, I'll move my attention away from what it is that you're doing if you're doing something that's boring and dry. So the idea is, is that if I move my attention away from you, you need to work that bit harder to make me interested in you again. Because everything that we talk about and everything that's real has to come from a place of passion. So if you aren't killing it out there, you ain't worth writing about. I think people are seeing through slowly but surely this idea that it's about not that it's not about this when it comes to what you just said but it's about the numbers it's about the metrics it's about like you know readership this that and the other and Jackie and I have actually spoken about this you know obviously with Eric but we've spoken about this like before we've gone live with recordings and things like that when we've spoken about current affairs stories like it's about you know opinion it's about truth it's about proper analysis and like being a leader in the space And actually, then the numbers and the metrics and whatever else you want to quantify things by follow suit, because that's what people are interested in now. It's kind of chicken and egg. But it seems like for years, they've been the wrong way around. It kind of feels Mm -hmm. like for years, it's been, you know, we're doing this for results. And hopefully, something sensible and interesting comes out of a, you know, gunning for results. But actually, now it's like, let's tell the truth. You know, let's, let's have an opinion. Let's, let's get some thoughts out there. And I think particularly with the way tech is moving on, I mean, you must have found this, Kelly, you know, the way things are moving forward and advancing and growing, it's so important that things like this come through the cracks, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think if you lie about what you're passionate about, it undermines your expertise and authority. Mm. If you do it because someone's paying you to say it, it undermines your expertise and authority. You just come off as being a massive idiot. <laughs> so I think it's important to really get under the skin of what it is that you're passionate about. I mean, Metacrunch is the only publication in the whole world that offers a top 10 every week of the best metaverses. No one's even talking about what's the best metaverses to go to. I go into each one of those metaverses each week and I go and measure out the value of each one of those things. And someone came to me recently and had some major beef and said, how can you say something like that about Roblox? I said, easy, it's rubbish. (laughs) When was the last time you went in Roblox? (laughs) Not 10 years old, people, you know? (laughs) <laughs> it's not for me That's I, love the the answer being, I love the answer being how can you say that about roblox it's very easy to say that about roblox it's I've rubbish been, it's rubbish <laughs> i've been in it <laughs> but yeah we're the only publication that does that so i thought that like i knew instinctively that going to davos this week was going to be mega interesting and this i'm so happy to tell you give you a scoop because i didn't put it in my davos story today there were a few people in davos who physically went out of their way to avoid me so they didn't have to have a conversation with me about the metaverse or about their metaverse project because they know I would have said that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing makes me happier than getting blanked by idiots. I was going to say, that's when you know you've made it. Hey, you're listening as well. We know you're listening. (laughs) You know, that's the Google search has happened and Kelly's on the podcast. I mean, tell us about Davos. I mean, because I think these two are kind of intrinsically linked, aren't you? Davos is kind of, and the World Economic Forum listeners, for for those of you unaware of what, you know, was going on in Davos this week, it was the World Economic Forum, which Kelly... Well, Keir Starmer's there at the moment. All the leaders of the world are there, the politicians, (laughs) talking waffle. I mean, you know, he's he's in hot water at the minute for all sorts of reasons, which we won't tread into today, although we may, hey, you know, you know what we There's a lot of waffle, though. Yeah. Last year was my first time at the WEF, and I was really lucky to speak there. And this year, I didn't think I was going to be speaking there, but I did. So when I got your briefing doc through, you were like, oh, and you didn't speak this year, but tell us about last year. Well, I spoke there this year as well. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) it was really good. It was pretty salty indeed. But um, I think think the WEF, for people who don't know, is an annual meeting of leaders who are interested in economic developments affecting global trade and also foreign policy, etc. So you're going to find the usual kind of eclectic mix of sustainable NGOs and rich financiers from Swiss banks, for example. That's just really loose and, and blanket. But last year when we were there, obviously a war had just broken out on our borders in Europe. And so there was a lot of emphasis on being able to drive up more interest and then therefore financial support I suppose in those sort of places so the relationship that Ukraine had for example inside that space and let's not forget everybody the World Economic Forum is the biggest PR machine in the world every year it is a big fat PR machine nothing more 
don't read into anything. There's nothing else to see there. It's all PR. <laughs> and the rest is actually, we should call it the rest is just a bunch of people sitting at the bar, like drinking and feeling sorry for themselves because <laughs> everything else in Davos is PR. And so inside that space, you know, last year there was Ukraine had a huge footprint because they obviously wanted to drive that PR machine to a place where they could talk really deeply about the things that were affecting them as a country and then you kind of find them nestled alongside like SAP or Amazon or the female quality and equality lounge etc and those guys were all very present this year but it was a lot smaller a lot quieter there was less of a buzz less of a vibe there were a lot of young influencers that were around like myself but there are a lot of (laughs) There are a lot of young influencers around, like Mr. Beast and stuff, walking around the promenade. But as I was explaining to Jackie when we had a a chat earlier this week about Davos, your mentality has to be totally different when you go to Davos. Each storefront that you see in the main drag of Davos is what we call a house. And inside that house is like a PR machine. Basically, it's drumming up data, capture, it's drumming up interest, it's giving away magazines, it's giving away free food, free drinks, so you stay there and you talk about what it is that you're doing and people get excited about it. And it's a really fascinating phenomenon because it happens for three, four days a year and everybody literally gets into the spirit of it. I just find it quite magical really in may we had it last year so it was much warmer people were able to do their meetings out on the terraces this year it was minus 17 that's harsh so we were all inside and it was pretty savage yeah there's a lot of people there was me in my ski suit like (laughs) unzipping my ski suit to kind of just get a bit of air in the older cleavage you know (laughs) scaring off the young boys i need a bit of air around here (laughs) <laughs> going in the episode description line. straight away that's you can going leave straight that in. That's, that's, that's going straight in you know i think you know nothing is off limits here um, never i mean but i noticed in your um so you know not not even moving swiftly on because it's definitely staying in but i noticed in because you've done haven't you a kind of a review of this week you know obviously you I spoke did. but you did a review I, I noticed this morning when i was kind of doing a bit of a uh, bit of research this morning before we went live today and it kind of and you can correct me if i'm wrong here i don't want to misinform anyone but it kind of mentions that you have done a bit of a rundown of like the winners and indeed the losers of what i believe you deemed and again you can shut me down here an ego fest uh that yeah, is well. massive um, i would have said I it, I would have gone even further yeah it's a massive <laughs> ego fest i mean tell us Every a bit year. more you know about uh, we were saying just before we went live as well that daff's been out there and daff is now currently skiing lovely daff from the daff was speaking there as well and and spoke, and his he? presentation yeah. was amazing by the way i think between us we went into the world innovation economics together and i'd spoken there last year and he spoke there this year i think between us we just destroyed <laughs> any hope that anyone had of being able to launch their startups because we we identified two key things one have a good idea about what your market traction is going to be that was his talk 
and use PR to pivot and develop that for you, which is really exciting. You should totally get him on to talk about Davos. Mm. And two, the other thing is, leave your egos at home, people. Be really honest about the products that you're presenting and what you want those results to be before you get out there. There's yeah. nothing worse than seeing a bunch of inflated chests, you know, giving it all the big and with the old lobster-like hands at the front of the stage talking about their next big thing when it goes to q a on the floor the first microphone that gets handed over to kelly vero is going to be the one that's going to kill you right that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be the kind of the sort of copper pipe in the study by colonel mustard because that's what's <laughs> going to murder you in the end so never hand me a stick mic if you want me to be honest about your business because <laughs> There was like, I was on a panel and there were a lot of people talking a whole world of BS about a load of shit that doesn't affect them and they shouldn't get involved in. They should just go back to their job in the McDonald's drive through I think, because there's just no way that they can be in a place like Davos and just talk that amount of BS. But hey, if the world leaders are doing it on the stage at the Congress, it's good enough for everybody, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing that we joke about it, but it is actually quite dangerous to lead opinion down the wrong wrong road. But now they're using young people to do it, Jackie. And I think this youth washing thing is the thing that's going to really be a big talking point in 2023. 2022, we talked about greenwashing. 2023, we're going to be talking about youth washing. Now, this is the first time I've heard the term youth washing. What is youth washing? Well, it's using young people within the up to millennial, so Gen Z, Gen Alpha, Gen Z to millennial, to be your basic spokes model for your political motives or for, you know, any messaging that you feel that you want to say, because like who's on these digital platforms, who's on YouTube, who's on TikTok, young people, you know, you're not going to find my my nan on TikTok, no way, it's just not going to happen, so she doesn't need to hear you know, the political machinations of some like country that's trying to develop its regional outlook and outreach. But for a young person, you know, if they hear the buzzwords like sustainability or, you know, foreign policy or world outlook, this is going to be something that they're into on an NGO level. And so then they're going to be your, your new spokes models that are going to be talking about, this is how like, I can think of a very famous TV presenter in the UK who made her entire concept out of going to third world countries and being the spokesperson for specific NGOs. But she did that off of her own back, you know? And I think that these days, countries, NGOs, these houses that I talked about, so country houses, they're using young people to kind of just basically go out there and talk you know come to our amazing tiktok party that we're having tonight and we'll be talking about propaganda i mean i'm being very sort of base here but we'll basically create a propaganda event for us to tell you how amazing our evil corrupt country is i'm just saying that's youth washing if there is a channel that is breaking through it will be used is basically what you're saying and it seems to me that the the children and the youth have their platforms now with tiktok and snap and everything else and this is a, a channel that is going to be turned to purpose but where is Greta Thunberg and those guys have fresh ideas 
you know, like uh, Malala and all those kind of like people had these fresh ideas. They were speaking from an independent place. No, that's not happening anymore. Governments and countries and people are using young people to talk on TikTok. It's really interesting as well, isn't it? Because isn't I, mean, it? I come from a background as well. I say a background. I come from a perspective where, you know, I'm a big sports fan as much as I'm a big gaming fan and, you know, all sorts of in, into all sorts of other things. I'm a big sports fan and sports washing is also a thing. And so like this oh, idea sports of washing like, is a massive thing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and so there's like this idea of like something washing is like sort of growing and growing, you know, sort of 20, 30 years ago, it definitely existed. But it's now obviously, you know, you can kind of like frame things. And youth washing and with Jackie is a kind of the first, even though I'm the demographic almost, more more or less. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Desperately Sorry. clinging onto the demographic of... Uh, of <laughs> Aren't we all, dear? Aren't we all? creeping like along the, door the floor. the in the Titanic movie, Lyle. <laughs> Holding on to your youth. I'm clinging onto the door <laughs> as I leave the boat. Um, exactly right. But I mean, as as something arrives here now that might well be, that's, that's my door. That's my doorbell, yeah. Door, doorbell. There we go. We'll keep that in. See, that's an inadvertent segue. Somebody it's a physical down segue. the street heard you saying you're <laughs> demographic. Rushed oh. around to your door, yeah. knocking on the door. Lyle, no. Someone's just said he's clearly <laughs> onto a door. Shall we just ring it just to sort of wind him up? <laughs> just um, to see. But I mean, it's really interesting. This 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 youth washing idea. I mean, we've spoken about. I think on the podcast before several times, including with Eric recently and with a number of guests, including I think yourself, Kelly, when you were last on the podcast about how when it comes to the PR landscape, the PR world at large, you know, social media. And these are the platforms we are talking about, really, if we're being honest, because TikTok, you know, if you w went into the specifics of TikTok, it, it's not really a social media platform because it's, you know, it's like a video hosting and kind of content creation platform. But there are social elements to every service like this now you know whatever name a service and there's like a social element and we've always spoken about how when it comes to pr and ir and communications social media is a good thing i say always spoken about that we've more or less spoken about how it's a good thing because it's a new platform there are new ways of engaging with your target audience with other professionals this is great you know you no longer like jackie said before have to write a press release down put it in an envelope and send it in the post. Okay. You don't even need to write a press release. You can DM people on Twitter and things like that. Richard Neve, when he came on, said that he's got WhatsApp groups now, you know, and, you know, that's how he communicates with journalists in the Netherlands. The fool. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, you know, for all that is great, this youth washing idea and the fact that you've kind of experienced what you've experienced this week over in Davos kind of also lends itself to a sensibility towards the other side of it, which is that it gets a bit muddy. It gets a bit, you know... Oh, it's quite shady and yeah. rather sinister. And, you know, I'm kind of quite happy, you know, to call it out where I see it as well. Mm. I don't understand why a bunch of university students would stand up at an event and pitch a solution without a problem and yet it's rife in mm. places not just like Davos but everywhere so don't invite me to your panel if you don't want me to tell the truth about your crap vaporware because that's like mostly what it is isn't it but then to have like people being indulged I would say, I mean, I made a joke about Alien Girl in my sort of Davos report, but being indulged in that way feels like almost we're on the cusp of what is acceptable and normal. And it feels unacceptable to indulge somebody that quite clearly has an issue that could be a mental health issue, you know? 
Mm. It's wrong to indulge that person. Mm. I think it's important to kind of know when to draw a line in the sand. I spoke to a bunch of folks this morning at the Sorbonne who are all like young Gen Z and, and millennials. And they were all this kind of similar in their approach, you know. They feel that Web3 and the future of technology, innovation, the metaverse, etc., is a kind of intangible concept. But yet they are allowed to be indulged into it through various devices and platforms from TikTok to WhatsApp, right? Mm. So I think, you know, where we're not filtering ourselves first, it's like I said at the top of the conversation, I never go into a conversation with anybody if I don't know my shit because I'm going to get called out on it and then look Mm. like a complete fool. But yet young people are not being primed in this way. Mm. They're almost taking media training from the perspective, if they're going to be an influencer or whatever, from the perspective of what that guy did, what Ninja was doing five years ago, what kind of Mr. Beast did last year. They're sort of seeing media training as like they're watching something on YouTube and going, I want to be like that person. So therefore I'm going to build my entire profile on that. And it's like, no, guys, you got to know when people are going to manipulate you and when people are like really serious about what it is that you're offering. Well, it's akin to like, for example, Jackie or myself or anyone who works in the team at Demozo not doing that messaging and positioning work before you embark upon some work with a client. That's what they're doing. They're doing the influencer version of that. They're not doing any of the groundwork before they launch into a career, are they? They're not having the ideas first, you know. I said this week to Jackie that actually MMP is good, but I think the thing that people need really in the 21st century, especially in 2023, is media training first, then MMP. Because if you media train people first, they're then not going to kind of go and look at people like Mr. Beast or kind of Ninja from a few years ago or PewDiePie or whatever and kind of base their entire profile on that. Because then when you come to the MMP, you're not going to get like a load of old BS. What you're going to get instead is something that's very raw and real that you can actually deal with as an individual. And I'll be honest, you know, I've worked with the Demoso as well. And when I've done MMP sessions, I do kind of feel like it feels unnatural for me to talk like that honestly about stuff. But that's what your PR wants from you. They want that honesty, but they want that honesty from you before they've even molded you or trained you or helped you to be able to to get to that place yeah we're kind of segueing away from davos but from my perspective i'd like to know what us mere mortals who can't get a ticket into davos and don't know you know about what happens in davos it seems to be this amazing world economic forum this big event that's, that's publicized across all our tv channels that our leaders go to what was a good thing that you took away from Davos? Because you've highlighted quite a lot of the shadier sides of it. What was a great thing about being at Davos? Because I think I commented to you before, everybody seems to leave Davos thinking they can rule the world, you know, that energised and full of this spirit of Davos. What is that? Well, you know, egos feed on egos. So if I was going to be really cynical, I would say that energy comes from just feasting on everybody else's energy, which I think is a really good thing but also very cynical i'll bust a myth for you first of all don't need a ticket to go to davos 
don't tell anybody that. What well, you mean? You can just rock up yourself and say, yeah. no doubles, I'm here. Staying in, that's the exclusive the impression people. there's loads of security. Security is everywhere, right? So it's a little bit like if you're walking around Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., you know, not everybody that's walking around is necessarily a regular Joe or an NPC. They might actually be a Secret Service agent. They're just dressed in regular civvies. So that's the first thing. You've got to remember that in the Congress itself, which is like a room, you know, some kind of auditorium, you're going to find all of your Secret Service agents there that are looking after various presidents and leaders of countries. But the actual business, and that's like funding, startups, technology, innovation, media, entertainment, all that stuff happens on the promenade. And so somebody wrote me like a little message, who shall remain nameless, and said, oh, you know, I don't know if I can go to this thing because I've got to apply for a hotel pass to go to all these things. Now, this is another myth that can be busted. Sure, to go to any of these hotels to go and do your business meetings or to go and meet with the emir of whatever country, it's good to get a hotel pass so you can just walk straight in and out. But you don't actually need it because all the interesting stuff happens on the promenade and that's just an Eventbrite, babies. You just need to Eventbrite your way through that entire experience. I did actually say to the guy on the door at Blockchain Hub, which is my favourite place, I did actually say, can you change it next year so we've got a faster way of getting into your space? Because we never know whether you're going to be there or not, so we can't book in advance. But you kind of check yourself in at the door at the time. There's got to be a better way of doing it. So interesting. Yeah, you don't need a pass. You just go straight in. Well, you know me, of course, as well. I was walking down the street and people were just like, oh, it's you from last year. Hi, Kelly. So come into our party and come and do this. And that's how I ended up going back into that panel at World Innovation Economics, I suppose, because I'm just one of those annoying people with <laughs> weird hearing glasses that <laughs> never seems to change. You're walking past and they're like, Kelly will talk. Kelly will do it. Kelly will do it. <laughs> She'll do it. <laughs> come over. Kelly, can you come and just do a quick talk for us? Yeah, yeah we, we've got yeah. free food. As soon as someone mentions free food, that's it. I'm there. <laughs> Now, obviously, I don't want to put you in like an invidious position, right? You, we were going to link your review of the week in our episode description, as we do. And we're going to link MetaCrunch, which I would urge yeah, our listeners thank to go you. and have a look because it's absolutely brilliant, as we've said already. Um, so we, I'm not going to ask you, don't particularly like the word losers. Uh, maybe it's because I was called on a lot of school. That's that. There you go. There you go, listeners. A window. But um, on winners. On winners. Winners, unwinners. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Winners, yeah, unwinners. The winners, though, from this week, just before we bring this episode to a close, the winners of this week, like, you know, sort of anyone you want to give a shout out, yeah. much as it was kind of a sort of a trickier, sort of slightly smaller event than it was last year. I mean, I know one of them. We, we've got to say Daff, obviously. And Daff, you will be listening. Of course, Absolutely. we're going to say Daff. But who else, like, sort of, you know, caught your eye when you were out there this week who you maybe want to give a cheeky plug to? I went up to the CEO of the blockchain of the CV Labs and Blockchain Hub and I said, dude, every time you serve it up, it's amazing. If you go to Davos, that's the place that you should go to. It's absolutely killer. They have amazing talks. They've got an amazing networking space. They're very friendly. 
you know, you can hang your coat up, they encourage you when you walk through the door. It's like, look, we've got a, a cloakroom over here. Please go and hang your coat up. You know, they just are so friendly. I can't love them enough. But I think um, World Innovation Economics for anybody that wants to get the full ish and the experience of what it's like to do pitching, maybe pre Silicon Valley or pre like whatever else like startup events there are, I would 100% recommend that you go to World Innovation Economics. They hold it at the Sunstar Hotel every year in Davos. It's incredible. And what's great about it is it's a not-for-profit organization. So that goes into supporting startups around the world. It's really brilliant. And I just love the work that Spandana and the team do there at World Innovation Economics. I love it. But I think if I was to pick my two winners, that would be those two and DAF. And I think the losers, oh, actually, the the overall big winner is PR. It's important to say, because that's the overall winner. Because if you're a PR, and I tell you this, not a lot of PRs go to, to Davos because they're afraid of these big organizations like Qualcomm, Microsoft, Accenture swallowing up all of the market share. But if you're a PR, you can get new business all day long in Davos. It's insanely amazing. And the losers, the losers, unfortunately, are all the people that are selling crap. <laughs> because, I mean, ultimately, we're not going to see them next year. There were so many people we saw in May didn't see them again and I would also say that the losers are the big corporates to some extent because they're going there with a view to just do brand awareness Mm. so they're really not coming away with anything tomorrow they're coming away with something like 5, 10, 15 years from now okay that's fine but I think if we're talking about youth washing in the same sentence Young people just aren't interested in these these big corporates anymore. They just don't care about it. I think what we're going to see next year is a real profusion of a lot younger and more interesting brands and creatives because the big buzzword of Davos this year was media and entertainment, and it was woefully lacking. And I think we will see much more media and entertainment next year. Interesting. Great to know. I mean, Jackie, I might be about to move, but if and when I do move, I'll give you my new address and I expect uh, plane tickets to be in the post to Davos because uh, I'm, I'm I'm the rep. I'm, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. We'll do a podcast in Davos. That's, we should that's... totally do a podcast in Davos. Oh, I've thrown it out there now. Oh, yeah. Let's Can you imagine like, some fly on the wall? Year. Let's just go. and just like, I'll, I'll wander around. I'll get a better microphone than this sort of slightly clumsy looking thing that you, the <laughs> listeners, can see in the YouTube videos. Uh, so I'm not having to like wander around with this as if I'm like kind of a boom mic operator. Yeah. And yeah, we'll do, we'll do a Davos. There you go. You heard it here first, listeners. We're going to do a Davos podcast. There you go. Putting the wheels in I, motion. I honestly don't understand why more people don't go to Davos because of that. if you want that like rule the world feeling afterwards, you need to go there and get energized. And if you mm. want to get more business, that's the place to go. But in truth, it is a very difficult, knowing from what DAF went through, it is a very difficult place to find a place to stay, to put your head down, difficult place to travel in and out of if you have to stay outside of the town to travel in. You've got to be gone by about seven o'clock at night. You can't stay for the parties if you're staying outside. There is. It seems to me that it's, while it's, you're saying more accessible, physically, it seems a little bit inaccessible. Yeah, that's the idea though, right? I mean, the idea is, is that it keeps, like, sounds stupid, it keeps a lot of the riffraff away, (laughs) but it kind of does, because people just don't want to travel, that's ruled you out. I can't go Because people don't want to, well, they don't want to go 1,500 metres plus up 
above sea level, you know, a lot of people are going to find that quite difficult. Remember that Davos is a city in the mountains. Right. It's like the highest city in Europe. And so because of that, a lot of people feel like, oh, no, there's no way that I could get all the way up there. But trust me, I mean, we've seen a little bit of feedback from Daff over the last like couple of days. He's skiing. So if you're a skier or you love the winter life and you want to go either hill walking or you just want to experience these beautiful mountains, you'll find a way to do it. I mean, it took me four hours to get home the other day from Davos and, you know, I you see a lot of like foreign dignitaries helicoptering in. If you can afford a helicopter, maybe we should invest in a helicopter instead <laughs> of a. Could you this imagine? This has got the semblances of a real plan now, Kelly. I'm going to put it out there. Uh, yeah, he's got, you know, we're going to parachute in. Uh, I'm here for it. Uh, I'm going to need Honestly, to Lyle, it's really bougie. It's really bougie. <laughs> so find a way to, to kind of get there. And I encourage everybody that wants to feel a bit of magic in their lives and feel energized about their business to do the same because. You just really should make that effort. The inaccessibility of it, I think, is kind of almost cured or goes away the moment that you set foot in Davos and you see everything that Davos has to offer. So I'm not not on commission by Davos, by the way. No way. <laughs> they wouldn't even have me. I'm like such a, a thorn in their side. <laughs> but hey, I think it's well worth anybody participating indefinitely. Wow. And I expect to see... Dimoso there next year. Well, I, I have to come. I've been, Daft's been getting all of the Davos trips, so I'm in there. Daft's probably getting on more speaking platforms, according to the kind of feedback that we got from his his last speech at Davos. Amazing, so. yeah. Well, we're going to yeah. get Daft on to tell us all about his experiences with Davos as well. I've no doubt. And Kelly, thank you so much for, for telling us about yours over the last uh, week. What we'll do is for those of you listeners that were lucky enough to be in Davos, I'm very jealous. And that's actually all I have to say. But for those of you that weren't, we're going to link Kelly's brilliant review of her week away in Davos, uh, the winners and losers of that particular week. It's a brilliant read. I started reading it a bit this morning and then it was a bit short of time. So I'm going to, I've got the link open on my computer now. I'm going to go and finish reading it because it's an absolutely brilliant read as Kelly's writing always is. And we're going to link MetaCrunch as well, which is going from strength to strength and all sorts of other things. Because as we know from when Kelly was last on the podcast, just doesn't stand still she's just constantly doing all sorts of things which is obviously brilliant which we love but kelly thank you so much for coming back can we we have you on again can we count on you to come back on again yeah because i've got like two amazing projects launching this year so we've got to come back and talk about them yeah Yeah, so my digital wallet launches this year solo wallet so i want to talk about like how to make finance and blockchain and web3 and crypto accessible to everybody that's why we created it and then the other thing is naked the, the digital fashion engine which is just going from strength to strength as well so i'll definitely be back brilliant talk to us all about those two things we cannot wait for that and hey we'll link those two as well because why not we'll link some news on that as well in our episode description because we just want to tell all of our listeners about all the wonderful things you've been doing so thank you, thank you. no you're so welcome and thank you so much for being on the podcast jackie same time again jackie. next week what do you think what do you think 100 percent. we keep going we keep going the rest is pr keeps going as we head into 2023 quick t's and c's before i let you go listeners as ever if you want to hear a bit more about what the rest is pr has been up to you can head over to our website it's the rest is pr.com if you want to get in touch you can either get in touch with myself or Jackie via LinkedIn and other platforms we use. Uh, you can email us at info at the rest is pr.com or you can email us at info 
at demozo.com as well. Uh, just quickly, we now have a Twitter page. We officially have a The Rest is PR Twitter page. Give us a follow on The Rest is PR. Uh, give us a search on Twitter and that's where we are. And that'll have updates and some brilliant reels and other content from the episodes we've launched so far, which are being put together by our brilliant Demozo team. And speaking of the Demozo team, if you want to see what Demozo have been up to, including Daft skiing away and just winning the hearts and minds of the huge audiences over in Davos, then head over to demozo.com and check us out on LinkedIn as well. Jackie and I will see you same time again next week, but for the time being, from Kelly, Jackie and myself, we'll see you next time for another brilliant episode of The Rest is PR. Bye for now. Bye.